hope you caught that last part, folks. Welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Happy Friday. Powered by Betsperts, we are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Joining me as always, and just finishing a story about seeing NPH or Dookie Hauser, depending on how old you are, um, at a pool. How is how you doing, Mr. Molitor? How was it? Hey, hanging with Doogie. No, I'm just I'm missing vacation, I guess. I'm gonna go on vacation here soon. You'll have me next week, and then I'll be gone for a week, and you'll have to put up with Alex and uh, Matt just stepping in for me. So one more week of this. Hopefully some golf winners by the end of this week. Had one yesterday. That's uh, I'm going to have to stop winning those stupid props or I'm going to get in trouble with uh, the books that put those out. Because <laughs> those aren't the kind of thing. If you just have to go bet play nothing, in the casino a little bit. Yeah, if you bet those and the stupid dollar, you know, $25 odd boost, and that's all you bet, and, you do start getting in trouble a little bit, but yeah, golf is going okay. One of my outrights is in first place right now. Let's go, Chez Revy. Hopefully, he can becoming a Friday to tradition. Hold off, Bo Hog. But uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a good one. The Olympics start tonight. I'm going to go do some shopping this afternoon for some stuff. My uh, my wife has made requests for what she wants on the grill. I'm going to watch the. I watched the little uh, opening ceremonies this morning. Didn't, I, I didn't want to spoil it for tonight. We'll all sit down and watch the... I, I watched the whole damn thing. My son is very into flags. He was making... So I I don't know. He just likes flags. I think it's because he likes mashing the emojis on the phone. So he will be uh, making comments on every effing flag we have going forward on uh, as we do that tonight. But yeah, grilling some steaks. Thank you, Twitter, for letting me know that it should be, yeah, Japanese... Japanese uh, Kobe beef wagyu. That's uh, that's the ticket. Yeah, what are you doing? Got to bring the kid to Philadelphia. We've got a whole street, and it's every single flag. You guys can have a nice walk. It's tree lined. There's all sorts of good stuff. But yeah, it's you know I'm excited for the beginning of the Olympics. We're going to get into a bunch of tennis stuff. The Olympic tennis is actually a pretty solid tournament. Got some more NBA draft props. It just it's more and more and more. It's you know we thought this would be a little bit of a lull, but I forgot the draft is coming up. We've got the Olympics here, so it's nice, Andy. We've got a couple of weeks to kind of fill us in here as we get to football season. Football, yeah, we'll have to have some, we'll have some college football guests on here coming up for sure because yes, uh, it's time for that. Something I lack a little in. I'm mostly a pro guy because I take Saturdays off. Um, but real quick before we get to the NBA, Cleveland Guardians is not a good name. The logo, Play, though, the G's on the side of the baseball, that's fantastic. I like, Bravo. I would buy a hat. I would yeah. buy a hat, maybe without the baseball, just the G with the wing, like on a hat, that would look good. I didn't like the font with the Guardians. I will probably watch Major League at some point this weekend because of that, which is also funny, too, because that was too. one of my wife's favorite movies growing up, but didn't really follow sports. So when she first moved in with me, we lived in Wisconsin. And I was flipping around on the dial and I brought up a Braves game by accident. And it was one of the weirdest moments for her. Like the, the level of surprise, she had no idea Bob Euchre was like an actual baseball announcer. And he was on the radio and she's like, that's, that's the guy from me. I'm like, yeah, he, he's a, he's a Brewers announcer. Like that's a real thing. <laughs> I just, just one of the, you can see her mind just like exploding. Cause she had it's no a, It's idea. great that Euchre did that. I'm like, that, look, that's why he was so good at it. But uh and NBA, I just wanted to take the fastest look at this and pick your brain on this because you were anti-Nets. Kind of worked out. They didn't win the title. Thank God Kevin Durant got that toe on the line. Got that toe on the line. Yeah, that was a very big, uh, very big shot. Um, and I mean, are you the kind of guy who gets involved in this early? 
are you just waiting on this? The NBA, it feels like it's like if Aaron Rodgers got traded, that would be massive. When Tom Brady moved, huge. That shit just doesn't happen that often. NBA, that stuff happens like six times per offseason. So, like, yeah. that's my reason for staying away from this. Like, what's your thoughts quick on this? I don't mind jumping into some of these earlier numbers. Um, you know, last year, actually, I had some Warriors around 10 to 12 to 1 under the understanding that there was probably some moves coming, that Clay Thompson was going to be healthy. Obviously, that didn't work out. But, you know, in general, when you're going early, you want to find big numbers or numbers that you think are going to move a ton. You know, last year, my thinking with the Warriors being there's lots of talks around some trades they were going to make. There was even whispers that like even someone like Giannis might be brought in. You know, so thinking about that draft pick, what they might have done, got that number again, 10 to 12, a close closer to six to eight, you know, given some stuff. Anyway, that didn't work out. But as I look at it here, as much as I was anti-Nets this year and I didn't think they would be able to pull it off. I think next year is going to be a lot different. They'll have an off season to get themselves healthy, to get some reps together. Um, I'm curious to see what kind of roster moves they make, what kind of shifts they can do. You know, it's a pretty solid roster overall, especially if they can do something, um, possibly even retain Dinwiddie, who I believe they have bird rights for. But, you know, at two to one, Andy, that number is going to be around pretty much all year. You know, similar to what we saw with the Lakers last year. They got down to about three to one, two to one at different points during the season. It just kind of floated in between those numbers. I mean, even when LeBron was out for a couple weeks to a month, even when Davis was out with injuries, they never really got back to like four to one or anything like that. So with this Nets number, I think you can wait there. As I look at some of the other ones, you know, that Warriors 12 to one is kind of interesting to me. There's some whispers there that they might be trying to add somebody. Um, I'm going to look around on that one a little bit. Of course, I'll let you guys know if I scoop any of that. That Nuggets number 20 to 1, um, I'm going to wait on that. That'll be one I probably grab early next year. I want to see how Jamal Murray's doing and how his recovery goes. Also want to see, again, what they kind of do in the offseason. Um, if they can bring back pretty much the same team and Murray's healthy, 20 to 1 at that price is going to be a great number. Those are the ones that really stuck out to me. Clippers 20 to 1 is odd. I don't know what that's telling us, Andy, because, I mean, they were – one of the two to three favorites all year. I mean, does that mean the market thinks Kawhi is, is going out of town? I don't, that that's the strangest number on the board to me, honestly, is Clippers 20 to one. We will have to call uncle Dennis on that. That stuck out to me as well. It was like, wasn't it just like LA, LA and the nets. And that's kind of how things were bashing out last year. So we will, uh, yeah. If we add anything before the season starts in two weeks, we'll let you know. Yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. Like, this is a quick turnaround because of the way the season got scheduled, mate. Because of the way the previous bubble season got scheduled. So, yeah, let us know in the chat or on Twitter if you guys had anything. I'm I'm not doing anything yet. Staying away. If the Warriors do add something, be quick because if, yeah, like if they had another really nice piece to that backcourt, like that's a scary, dangerous team again. Yeah, and really yeah, is. I mean, the yeah the the Kawhi thing, the injury. Maybe and maybe because of what I just said, like that sort of injury in the playoffs isn't usually as big of a deal. But the fact that the playoffs are a month later this year, that's an extra month of the season. So I guess that doesn't make sense. Good point, Zane. Thank you. Um, you have some more draft props. Draft when's one more time? When's the draft? Thursday. So we got we got four more days still. We got next week. Four more. There's a bunch of markets that haven't opened yet. Opened yet, honestly. 
You don't have those like how many freshmen in the first round, none of that fun stuff yet. So we'll see how that stuff pops up. Just two props to add today, nice and simple. Some over-unders here. Trey Mann, um, over 23 and a half as I start to look at some of my drafts here. Honestly, the lowest number on the board I see is 24. There's a couple people that have 26, and he's not listed on two drafts. So there's two whole mock drafts where he's not even in the first round. So 23 and a half, you know, the, there's 30 picks in the first round. So 23 and a half looks like a great number to me. There's some 24 and a half. So I think he even saw 25 at, at plus money. Go ahead. Any of those you like, I think, are great. I think if he gets picked in the first round, again, it's going to be 26 or higher. So really like that 23 and a half. And then Franz Wagner is someone that's been moving up as these drafts update. One of the things I will tell you is you're looking at these mock drafts, check the date when they were written. Some of these are pretty stale. Um, ESPN's got a mock draft up that I think is like two weeks old at this point, um, almost two weeks old. So I pulled that out of my numbers, tried to focus on the ones that are a little more up to date. And Franz Wagner in those is starting to be locked in around the eighth and ninth position, which you know basically means they think Sacramento's going to grab him, maybe Orlando, you know, a sophomore small forward from Michigan, a nice player. You know, so under 10 looks great to me. I got to push if he goes out to 10. Looks like he's going to be eight possibly nine at worst case, and he's he's moving up a little bit. So under 10, I'll take the push if he happens to go at 10. Looks nice to me at minus 135. I'm, I'm not saying I watch Twitter while you talk, but I might have me, <laughs> I might have the DM open that is talking the most about uh, draft props. And it's funny because someone just said they're, you know, they're hearing Sacramento is, would absolutely take him at nine if that were the case, if he were still there and he might go eight. So I just added that one myself as we spoke. Um, yeah, that's a bunch. Now we got a bunch going. We got a bunch. And speaking of a bunch, you bet a shitload on Olympic tennis. I know some people it's... that were out on this. We talked a little about this with drew and I, I maybe it was just off air. You know, we, we've said like some of these events, some of these sports, it's like the Olympics is the pinnacle. Tennis is not like an Olympic gold medal is maybe less important than even like some of these people winning a masters 1000, which is a step below slam, but it's still a big deal for a lot of these countries, for a lot of these players. And it's not like people aren't going to try hard because it means less. Like it's still a very big tournament. There's plenty of motivation going here and there's a lot of good matches. So uh, it looks like you put some futures out. Yeah, we're lucky enough to have a chance to talk about futures. I know we did. Okay. The last time we talked about that, We've got a handful here. This tournament's pretty tough. You know, you look at the women's draw. A lot of the best players are here. Talked a little bit about it with Drew yesterday. Naomi Osaka is making her hard court return. She's down there in the bottom of the fourth quarter. Has a couple of matches there at the beginning that look kind of easy, but might be tougher than I think the market expects them to be. She's right around three to one. There's Ashley Barty at the top playing her first tennis at Wimbledon. She's right around four, five to one. Um, Arena Sabalenka is in here at like seven, eight to one. So you start to go through and knock off, um, you know, a lot of those single digits as it is a very competitive draw. But my goal here was is to try to grab some bigger numbers at nice positions in the draw. So these first two here in the first quarter, Jesse Fabula, a great hardcore player who struggled a little bit on clay and grass. I think that's what's given us a really nice number on her here. And Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova at 50 to one hasn't done too much since finishing second at the French Open, but as someone that's talked about this tournament and talked about being excited about a chance to do well here, they're in the first quarter with Ashley Barty, who I think um, is really beatable if these two are playing consistent, solid tennis. You've got Rybakina there at 25 to one. She's in the second quarter, has a chance to sneak by Sabalenka um, and Muguruza there. 
Kudermatova at 100 to 1 is a little bit of a bigger one, and we'll talk a little bit about more in her first round match in a second. But Kudermatova and Rybakina there, I think, have a chance to win their quarter. And then in the third quarter, we're going to grab Maria Zachary and Olms Jabor. Jabor, who's done very well for us, already cashing out right ticket. Zachary's having a great season. At these particular numbers, that third quarter is wide open. So I think I have a great shot to have, you know, the winner of the quarter there at either 20 to 1 or 35 to 1. And then hopefully I can catch one of those four at the top, at least, you know, to the quarterfinals or past. And we've got enough equity here. We're going to be in a nice spot. And part of the reason I put this table together, folks, um, you know, instead of kind of flat staking these things, I like to think of it more as a portfolio. Basically, I take two units, kind of spread it around and see what the best I can do is. If you follow the stakes here that you see on the screen, and apologies to the podcast, folks, you'll have to pull this up if you want to see it. Basically, you put all these together and I can basically build an outright that's right around five, uh, five and a quarter to one odds. So um, all together. Pretty decent chance here. I think we'll have a couple of these women, hopefully in the quarterfinals or further, but it should be a fun tournament. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll take this post and we'll put it up on the on the app. I'll have that. Dan made a nice little post here for the for the show. We'll take that uh, graphic that you're seeing on the screen. If you're not seeing it on the screen because you're a podcast listener, go check out uh, on the app. We'll post it up on there. That's um, match by match, it didn't look like you did much here. Just a couple of bets here. We've got a few screens. We'll start with the total. Um, Heather Watson's going to play Annalena Friedson. Don't watch this match. It's going to be very bad. But I think that we're going to have a competitive score line here. There's a good chance it goes three. I have this total at 21 and a half myself. So over 21 looks nice. We're going to back the young Canadian, Layla Annie Fernandez here. She's minus 110. Um, I think you can actually get a little better number there against Diana Yastremska. Yastremska most recently coming back from a suspension due to some substance Drugs. issues, um, which was probably a good break for her after she had some uh, social media issues. If you want, maybe search Yastremska black, white face, and uh, you'll have a good chuckle today. It'll be her first match on hard courts. Fernandez has been playing, been playing well. I think that she has a great game to kind of absorb Yastrzemska's power and wait for her to force errors. I like her not only on the money line here at minus 110, Andy, but we're going to sprinkle a little bit on an alt spread. I was looking around. These were tougher to find. Um, to be honest, guys, these mat, these lines are not everywhere. Books have been hesitant to hang a lot of this stuff. FanDuel, I don't think, even has match lines for these out. Um, so Fernandez minus four and a half games. I think I found that at a can be book plus 220 for a smaller play like her there. I think if she wins, she can definitely win comfortably. Another total. We're going to go under here, a rare under Annette Contivate against Maria Zachary under 21 and a half. Um, 21's fine as well here. These two have played nine times and not once in the nine times that they have played. Has it gone more than 20 games? Um, Normally, I don't look at head-to-head, -head, but nine is pretty significant. I look at some other numbers. Zachary has been just blitzing people on hard courts. Um, Contivate might be competitive here, but I I'm not really too worried about that. Under 21 and a half is fine. Under 21 is fine. And then an underdog that, um, to be honest, I, I bet this, this is me more trusting my numbers. I am a little nervous to back Renata Zerazua outside of Mexico. She struggled there, but she's got Masaki Doi who is a Japanese player in her home country. But as I look at a lot of these lines, I find myself going against some of these Japanese players. I think the market is kind of overestimating a little bit this home court advantage, if you will, due to some of the COVID stuff. Almost everyone has been there for several days. They should be kind of adapted to the time zone or at least, you know, knowing how to kind of handle it here. And there's not going to be any crowds. So I don't understand really what the advantage there is. Yeah, you're not getting that home crowd. Yeah. I mean, that, that's going to be a case, and as we go through the Olympics, that's going to be an important part of a lot of the handicaps. So, 
Oh, Cooter Matova stack? Is that what we're thinking? I got we it are, but, but, but before, we're going to do an Alexandrova stack. This is one, actually, I've got a unit on the plus four and a full unit on the plus 215. I know I say I usually sprinkle a little bit less there. I have this number close to like plus 130, plus 140. I can get to plus 150 if I stretch some stuff out. I am really surprised here. She's playing Alina Monfils. Or no, I'm sorry. She's playing Elise Mertens. We'll, we'll get to uh, Miss Monfils probably at a later time. But Elise Mertens, a very solid player, but someone who can struggle with someone who has the strong serve and power of Alexandrova. Alexandrova's beaten her the last two times they've played. I'm not really sure kind of what's going on here with this line. It's very confusing. So like the plus four games, like the plus 215, we're also going to back another Russian, Ms. Kudermatova here. She is playing Garbina Muguruza, who is a very good player, could come out and could win this match very comfortably. But I look at her past playing in the Olympics. She's played a couple times, not fared very well. She's been very streaky this year. And Kudermatova has been a very solid player, someone I like to back. I go through, I mean, this plus one and a half sets I was able to get at plus money. Even standard juice is fine. The over 20, I have this at 21. The plus 280, I have this like at plus 180 myself. So just seeing a lot of value here on Kudermatova. Um, again, Muguruz is a great player, but I think generally gets a little more credit than she deserves in the market given her name. And then one final bet. This one is a smaller bet. It's just about a half unit for me. Alina Veznina returned to tennis. She was retired for about two years and came back because she wanted to play in the Olympics for a chance to win a medal for her country. At plus 335, she's playing Elena Ostapenko, who's a great player, but should never be that big of a favorite over anyone, given how inconsistent she could be. Again, Veznina has been building up to this moment all year. She's got Ostapenko, who's inconsistent. She might just be able to stand there and wait for enough errors to win this match. So plus 335, I'll grab a little bit of that. No spread, nothing like that, because if Penko comes out and is playing well, she could just blow Vesnina off the floor. But, again, I have this one closer to plus 250, even a little bit less than that. Yeah, Penko hits winners and hits errors. And you just you let her do both, and hopefully it's more errors than winners, and you can cash in a lot of nice big money line there. So. <laughs> Um, nothing, I didn't add a ton of Olympic stuff. I did bet on the, I alluded to this, the, the Hungarian swimmer as we did, uh, play some bets. It's crazy. Like that market still isn't moving. I, I'm not sure who's tending that because like someone they're allowing rebets on some of these Olympic markets to the point where someone said that someone was able to get, you know, heavy mid five figure bets down on single event swimming events which is just stupid i have nothing like that but i bet on uh miss katinka hazu i don't even know her name she's in this is the biggest thing you're gonna watch and this is probably how we're gonna have to do the olympics from here on out i will bet some track once we get a little closer to it but everything i've put in is mostly already put in with some some uh, some metal stuff like we talked about yesterday with Drew. A lot of that stuff, I'm on the same stuff as him. But really, really watch the news, I guess. Mostly Olympic bets is going to be informational, especially with these swimmers. Like, they're pulling out of events at this point, or, you know, we don't know 100% what some of these relay teams look like at this point. There's a, there's a decent chance you're going to find some informational stuff, and these markets aren't like the NBA where – Oh, Kawhi's out, and the market moved six hours ago because everybody knew already, or at least the people who make that market knew. Like, if a swimmer, a runner, uh, you know, some sort of favorite or second favorite in the market pulls out, those markets aren't going to adjust that fast. So, 
keep on top of the informational stuff and be ready to fire. That's kind of the advice for the next two weeks. On, on, and I'm not saying you should ever pass post a book, but sometimes you can pass post a book on some of this stuff that's happening if you're if you're up in the middle of the night. And Vegas refund missed the draft season stuff. I'm sorry, buddy. We can't go back. We played the Wagner under. Wagner's going. Wagner's going to the Kongs, baby. And then Trey Man over. Sorry, you'll have to rewind. It's it's literally rewindable. You know how this works. And, and go then, back and watch uh, yesterday's. There was even yeah, more. Yeah, go back, man. There's plenty. We'll have some more stuff next week, I'm sure. Uh, 3M, couple bets this afternoon. It kind of worked out. I looked, nothing stuck out. Uh, and he says he loves both those bets. Good, good. We're on a, we're in agreement then. Nothing really stuck out, especially in the morning. There was a lot that were just unbettable lines. They're right on market for me. So I do have a couple of these. Neither of these start until this afternoon. Hopefully the second round is a little faster than the first round if we don't have a big weather delay. Uh, Shink over Han and Knox over Hadwin. Uh, Knox over Hadwin's a matchup I played yesterday and lost. Well, I didn't lose by that much, but I'm going right back to the well at a better number today. And then I actually played a three ball. Stricker, Steve Stricker, who was notably featured in that graphic with Giannis. Thank you. Like, good good job, Wisconsin. Remember? That was a weird, That's weird right. graphic. But Steve Stricker over Joel Dahman and Streb. That is a three ball. That's right. You're getting plus 150. So he has to beat both of those men. And if he doesn't, and he ties with one of them, dead heat rules will apply. So proceed at your own risk with the, the three ball kind of stuff. And that's that's it, man, for the week. Hit a nice little McNeely top 20 first round, and hopefully we can find some outrights. Hopefully, that's a uh, fun market. It is a fun market. Hopefully oh, you guys have a great weekend. That might suck me into golf betting. Yeah. <laughs>